We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Welcome to Roto Grinders today. I'm Jordan Cooper, aka Blender Ed, Blender HD. You're going to follow me on Twitter. And it's Friday, December 29th. We'll be taking a look at the week 17 NFL slate for GPP strategy on DraftKings. Hit that thumbs up button. First thing in the door, I'll wave those thumbs at you until you press that like button. Hit the subscribe button. Hit the notification bell to know when we go live. Join with me here on this Friday, the last Friday of the year, Kyle Murray. Not Kyler Murray, although you can roster Kyler Murray uh, today. I mean, there, there's some, uh, Kyle, there are some cheap quarterbacks that may be in play. Uh, you may be better than some of them. So maybe <laughs> we should be rostering you in our quarterback spot. But we actually have a big, sl- we have 13 games on the slate, right? We don't have a Monday game. We don't have these Saturday games. So this is quite, we have a healthy amount of choices, but there's still, several obvious ones yeah definitely it actually feels strange because we've had i think a run of probably three or four weeks now with the smaller main sunday slates because of buys and then obviously the holiday uh weeks where you had the thanksgiving and then the christmas game so uh it feels weird to have the full kind of complement of games on the main slate but uh yeah there's definitely some some vomit st- uh, stacks that you can look at with some of these cheap quarterbacks and there's obviously some some obvious options like you mentioned but i think it'll overall be a a pretty good week and i'm looking forward to it and obviously week 18 can sometimes be extremely hectic so i like to enjoy week 17 as much as i can because you never know what you're gonna get with week 18 okay well i mean even week 17 is a little bit hectic i mean we have yeah a lot of injury situations i mean most of them are are kind of taken care of i mean i i I mean we already have that we have keenan allen out right in our projections it seems like because yeah, Quentin Johnston and some of the other Chargers guys are bumped up. But we're still waiting on news for, like, a lot of guys. Yep. I mean, Josh Jacobs, Will Levis, Michael Pittman, Trevor Lawrence, Cole Komet, Zay Jones, Brian Robinson. I mean, maybe we don't go all the way down. Zach Moss, Deonta Foreman, Juwan Jennings. I mean, some of these guys I, I've already looked at. They're more probable to play, even though they still have the Q tag on it. Uh I don't know how much this is going to affect what I think a lot of people are going to do on this late or what the projections would be. I think the only person would be Josh Jacobs. Cause I think if Jacobs is out, Zamir white becomes more of a, a value option. But the thing that I notice uh, uh, as a whole macro wise on this slate is that from a projection standpoint, and obviously you get our projections here at Roto grinders, click on that link in the description, get $10 off your first month of a combo premium subscription, you'll get you'll get all the projection for all the sports, all the ownership, all the everything. Uh, most of the value is on garbage teams. Like it just, it feels like, like you want to play, you want to play these high team total teams and we'll get to them. And then you're going to have to kind of dumpster dive 
at some of these positions where where these I mean Ezekiel Elliott 13 and a half implied team total for the Patriots or Demario Douglas right then we'd see like Zamir White on a team you know the Las Vegas away with Aiden O'Connell at quarterback with a 19 and a half implied team total I mean we'd see you know the if people are going to play a cheap quarterback they got like Giants with a 19 implied team total we got James Conner or something with Arizona I'm just looking at the value piece the Washington wide receivers Right, they go. Oh, I'm going to play someone with an 18.5 implied team total, or even the. I'm going to play Quentin Johnston. Who's if you play Quentin Johnston this year, you you're probably down a lot of money, right? <laughs> no matter what format you're playing, uh, do you find there to be any way looking at this slate until we go through some games that it's hard to avoid playing? some garbage player in your lineup because like none of the good, none of the good teams have cheap value. Um, For the most part. Yeah. I think there are a couple spots where there are a couple of uh, good guys or I guess guys on good teams that are like, not necessarily cheap, but like Clyde Edwards, layer five, three. I think he's a really strong value option. Obviously we're projecting Pacheco to be out. Seems unlikely he'll play and, uh, I guess we'll figure out with McKinnon as we get deeper into the uh, – obviously McKinnon being out as well. You know, you have to assume that we're probably going to have two guys with P. Ryan and Prince behind Clyde, behind uh, behind him. Like, probably all the work is going to go to Clyde here. It has been fine in, uh, in kind of replacement duty there. So, Clyde, I think, is one of those guys with uh, – I, I know 5-3 isn't a super cheap value price tag, but I still think it's enough to be, you know, a, a value option that fits in there. But for some of the other cheap cheap guys – uh, another guy that stands out to me, Cedric Wilson. I know last time he kind of popped into play. He was a kind of a super dud there with uh, with Tyreek Hill out a couple of weeks ago. But with Waddle looking like he's going to be out, uh, Wilson's going to be at least in, in consideration again. But yeah, for the most part, after that, it does. You know, you are looking at guys like Douglas and, and Ezekiel Elliott, Gerald Everett's a guy who's at, at tight end position three five, who I think is a strong value option uh, with Palmer and Keenan Allen projected to be out right now. Uh, Curtis Samuel, like you mentioned, uh, a Washington receiver. So, yeah, I do agree that you know a lot of these value guys who sort of make sense and are popping the projections a little bit are guys on uh, some teams with some lower implied totals. But the guys who are maybe on better offenses that stand out would be Clyde, uh, Cedric Wilson, which that's a tough matchup for Wilson. But, again, that might keep the ownership down, uh, so I don't mind that. And then um, yeah, those are probably the, the two names that really stick out as guys who are on good offenses with um you know with potentially good spots or good projections here as value options but yeah the rest are on some uh some uglier teams that's for sure uh i mean if you don't play some of the more expensive chalk teams i mean you you could avoid playing some of like the garbage team type of value but that typically means that you're probably playing some type of vomit stack like my attitude you know me like if i'm going to play garbage i'm going to play them in a correlated manner right so if if the garbage does well, all the gar the the well, the the garbage raises all lineups. Is that is the tide raises all boats or whatever <laughs> it is? Like if I'm going to play garbage, I'm going to play it all together, and then the rest of my lineup is going to be pristine, you know, top level, you know, high projected plays. But we take a look at uh, San Francisco Washington, which I think is like like the premier game on the slate, and we really for 13 games. What are they doing with the schedule here that we have 10 at one o'clock and only three late games? Uh, Because I would think, oh, San Francisco, Washington, that's a late game. Nope, it's that's a 1 p.m. game. Christian McCaffrey has a projection. It may be one of his highest projections of the entire season that we have his mean at almost 28. And looking around the industry, some people even have him higher. The that he's 9,600. Two questions for you here, Kyle. One, if you had an option on this slate to play Christian McCaffrey or Tyreek Hill, which one would you favor? And number two, how do you play this 49ers game? I mean, also the other, I mean, here, here's, here's a third question. So I was going to say, how do you play this 49ers game? That in a way that people aren't going to play it. And then the third question is, 
How do you build a lineup? I know it's a 13-game slate. San Francisco has a 31 implied team total against one of the worst defenses in football. Just to be, be, be clear, there are 13 and a half, there are 13, 12 and a half point favorites on the road. How do you play a lineup at all without at least one 49er in it? Like, if you're not going to play McCaffrey, well, Debo's getting there, or Ayuk's getting there, or Kittle's getting, someone, Birdie's getting, someone's getting there, probably on the 49ers. So, so what is your assessment on the 49ers, this game, and in general, how it, how it, the context of this for the entire slate? Yeah, I'm, I'm with you. I think last time I was on the show with you, it was uh, another spot where we felt similarly about the, the Niners, where you if, sort of felt like you almost wanted one uh, Niner on, on most of your teams, and that worked out. It was the Arizona week where McCaffrey had 44 points, and then uh, I think Debo also had like 22 as well. So both of those guys obviously paid off. Uh, and, and yeah, I sort of feel the same way here. I'm actually very curious to see where this Brock Purdy ownership actually settles in at. Like, yeah, I mean, I, I know he he got hurt, but he was benched ultimately last week, and I know that doesn't necessarily mean anything going forward. But I wonder what it will mean to the psyche of people rostering him, right? Where you know he threw four picks against obviously a, a very very good defense, and I, I think he'll have no trouble against this Washington team. But if people are going to have that in the back of their minds and Maybe we can get any sort of discount on the ownership here. I think this is a great spot for Purdy to bounce back. Um, and obviously, you, know, you mentioned how do you get different in this game? Well, you know, looking at Debo Samuel projecting for five percent ownership here, seven uh, seven is a big price tag for sure. But um, if you want to get different with the Niners, that's in my opinion how you do it: a Purdy and Debo stack. Also, I think Ayuk is fine. But um, and then to answer your other question, CMC versus Hill. I think Hill is a uh, is an awesome tournament play this week. I don't think he's going to get enough ownership uh, with no Waddle there. I think he's going to see a ton of targets, and it's a really bad matchup. But for a guy like Tyreek Hill, I'm not overly worried about it. I, I just think he can beat anybody whenever he wants, uh, and they're going to need him if if they're going to have any success against Baltimore. But with that being said, it's hard to take anybody over McCaffrey. Uh, I just think he's a slam dunk play this week. Um, you know, with we don't really have anybody projecting behind him with uh, um, Elijah Mitchell out there. So, you know, if the game gets really out of hand late in the game, we'll see some Jordan Mason, maybe some some Jeremy McNichols, depending on if they call him up from the practice squad or not. But in terms of, you know, early on in the game or if this game somehow does stay competitive, it's going to be all McCaffrey uh, in terms of the backfield touches. So, yeah, you, you mentioned the projection being his highest of the year. Um, it's it's the highest we've seen from a non-quarterback. I think it's the highest we've seen from anybody all year. So uh, I think he's just a slam dunk place. So it's hard to go away from him, but I do really, really like Tyreek Hill. Uh, I mean, in lineups for me, I think you got to start with one of uh, McCaffrey or Hill in tournaments just because of how awesome of a tournament play Tyreek Hill is. Well, here's a way to get different. While still playing this game, Brock Purdy 7K. Sure, I'm. Not, I agree with you. I'm not sure. You know, we have his ownership. I mean, the ownership is going to be updated. Some of this I don't necessarily agree with. Like we have him as one of the higher owned quarterbacks. I'm not. I'm not too sure about that. It's it's not going to be low owned. I'm. I, I'm just saying that I don't know if he's going to be the highest owned quarterback. Uh there are two value quarterbacks on the slate that project well. Right, Tyrod Taylor is one of them for the Giants at 4,600. But Jacoby Brissett's 4,900. Yeah. And the Commanders, even without Howell, they still throw, they still drop back 40 times. They're going to be behind, like, probably most of this game. Uh, everyone's cheap, right? Curtis Samuel's 4,400. McLaurin's 5,500, right? You can play Logan Thomas or something like that. Why don't, if, if McCaffrey's going to see four quarters worth of action, if this game is reasonably close, why can't it be that uh, I don't need I don't it's not like I need 30 points from Jacoby Brissett. It's not like I need 40 points from Curtis Samuel. But why can't I just I mean, stacking this game, even if you want to play Brissett, Samuel or McLaurin with Logan Tom, you could play McCaffrey Kittle in the lineup. You could play like five guys from this game. And I don't and the, your projection stays pretty, pretty healthy. I don't know how many people are going to play Jacoby Brissett, but I mean, it's, it's, it sounds like vomit, but if we, if you watch the past couple of games where Brissett has come in for Howell, seems like they've had much more success with him passing the ball than Howell. Oh yeah. Are you you down with the, are you down with the Brissett vomit stack to correlate 
with the McCaffrey lineups only because there may be tons of McCaffrey lineups that are just him by himself in some other game that, hey, if this game becomes a shootout, like McCaffrey's score is going to be correlated to some of these commanders players. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I, I think, you know, when at any time I'm getting ready to come on the show, I always want to think of a vomit stack, and that was going to be the first one that I was going to have in mind. Um, so, yeah, I, I'm, I'm right on board with with the Brissett stack. Like you mentioned, he's he's looked better than Howell when he's been get, given time. I think it was a couple of weeks ago in that Rams game where he, uh, you know, engineered a couple of drives down the field, even though there was that one drive where they had the ball at the one yard line with four minutes left and they ended up not scoring until there was one minute left, which obviously not ideal for a game script, but um, hopefully they can be better about that stuff in the future and in this game. But four, nine price, obviously down there. And he also correlates well with a guy who is uh, projecting as a strong value and Curtis Samuel, but uh, he's really locked into Terry McLaurin at times as well, too. So um, McLaurin, we have, a, I think, 15% projected ownership. Pretty high number there, uh, higher than I would have expected, which that might also come down a little bit. But also think it makes sense to pair him up with that uh, with Terry as well. So, yeah, I think that there's plenty of ways that you can use Brissett. Uh, you mentioned Logan Thomas as well. Um, so, yeah, I think it makes some sense for sure. Uh, and, like, and like you mentioned, I agree. He's looked better. And, you know, he played. he came in late against the Jets, which that's, that's a difficult matchup. 10 for 13 for 100 yards and a touchdown. So obviously you're not, you know, not necessarily assuming that a tough matchup is going to carry over just because he's playing back-to-back uh, tough teams. But, you know, he's he's done it against the Jets, so maybe he can do it against uh, the Niners a little bit here as well. So, yeah, I like the Brissette call quite a bit. Also, just to be make people aware that Brian Robinson is still questionable. Uh, Rodriguez is not on IR. So if Robinson gets ruled out, I mean, you could even play – you know, this type of lineup with, with Antonio Gibson at 5,200 yeah. in your running back slot, right? He catches passes out of the backfield. So, like, like that's fine also. But let's take a look at, as my mouse jumps all over the place, uh, the next highest total team on the slate. I don't know how long this team is going to be. Uh, we got the Eagles at the, uh, the Eagles at home against the Cardinals. Jalen Hurts has the highest projection of any quarterback, but he's 8,300. It's going to be tough to make expensive quarterback lineups with Christian McCaffrey, with some of the more expensive skill position players. And it seems like the problem in this game is like Jalen Hurts just gets there on tush pushes a lot of times. And like, no one comes along with them. I mean, obviously AJ Brown is there, but he's 8,600. So for you to play an $8,300 quarterback and an $8,300, $8,600 wide receiver, I mean, you're probably not playing 49ers in that lineup. You're probably going to have to play cheap running backs in that lineup. DeAndre Swift is there at 6,500, but it always seems like like he's he's good for 10 to 15 points, but he's not going to score any touchdowns unless he scores them past the 10-yard line because he doesn't get those opportunities, really. Yeah. I mean, I take a look at I very similar to the Eagles, just to put them in both in a bucket. The Eagles with a 20, almost a 30 implied point total. And then we also have the Bills here with a 27 implied team total. And it's a very similar setup where Josh Allen's 8,200 and Stefan Diggs is 80, $8,200 also. Uh, the benefit of this stack is that you get that kind of the Ezekiel Elliott to Mario Douglas kind of like cheap value pieces in. So, like, my attitude would be, like, if I'm going to play Patriots value, I might as well play it in a lineup with Bills. But I also feel like Josh Allen and Jalen Hurts will, and as well as Diggs and A.J. Brown, will be nowhere near as owned as maybe they should be on a 13-game slate because just the salary distribution makes it that like you, you're not playing Tyreek, you're not playing CG, uh, Christian McCaffrey, you're not, you're not playing some of the like the really well projected guys in those price range. You, you're not getting Kyron Williams in, right? You, you, you're, you're stuck in like this mid range where your lineups are, eh, projected. But I'm just from an ownership perspective, I take a look at ceiling, Kyle, of like. Is that how often does Stefan Diggs outperform like Christian McCaffrey or someone like that? Or AJ Brown? Like we've seen AJ Brown 40 games. Diggs, yeah. maybe not as much, but both these quarterbacks would also put up 40 points. 
what is your interest in these two games? And if you do have interest, do you have more interest in pairing the expensive players together or finding a way to like find the cheapies that the quarterback that Hertz gets there, but cheap guy gets there also with the, you play Hertz with Goddard and the same thing with Josh Allen, where maybe you play, you play Khalil Shakir in the lineup or something or something like that. But these team totals are way too high for me to just like ignore and say, no, just play the 49ers and don't worry about it. Yeah, I agree. I mean, I think, you know, when you when you talk about comparing, you know, the upside of Diggs to McCaffrey uh, or, or Tyreek Hill right now, it's hard because Diggs hasn't really been that good lately. But, I mean, Diggs does have that ability in him. Like, we've seen it at times, not necessarily this year. I mean, I think in week four he had the big game there against Miami where he scored three times. But outside of that, he's he's been pretty average this year. But last year he was really good, so, like, I still would like to think that even though they've kind of been running the ball a little bit more with James Cook at times, you know, I still think he has the upside in him. Um, you know, in terms of stacking Josh Allen with someone that's a little bit cheaper, I think Shakir could be okay. I think Gabe Davis is interesting, you know, 5-5. Five, five. I don't necessarily know if that's cheap enough to, to you know, sort of value that above, you know, making everything else work for, for the dig stack. But, you know, Gabe Davis, we've seen him either – not show up to games and he's just running routes for no reason or he's had big games right and in the last you know seven weeks where he's actually caught a pass um four of those games he's so he's he's played seven games four of them he's caught a pass three of them he's had 24 dk points or more so it's like he's either gonna be out there just running routes not really getting targeted or he's gonna have you know upside right so i think davis is an interesting option um maybe even as a one-off where you know, you, you want to maybe stack up uh, another side and then, you know, just play Gabe Davis as a one-off just because we know he has the upside, but obviously comes with a lot of risk. But for the for the Philly side, I totally agree. I think that this is a spot where you de- definitely don't want to avoid here. Um, you know, they, they do look pretty good uh, from a projection standpoint. When you talk about obviously playing this, this stack here with Hertz and A.J. Brown, sort of similar to Diggs, right, where we haven't really seen a ton of you know, huge game from AJ Brown lately. And I think a lot of that is because of Jalen Hurts hasn't really been playing all that well. Like he's, his fantasy production looks fine because like you mentioned, they get down to the one or two yard line and they just push, push their way in. Um, But a lot of the passing production that he had last year hasn't necessarily been there as frequently this year. And we threw for 300 yards last year, uh, or sorry, last week. And uh, AJ Brown didn't really reap the benefits that he had six grabs for 80 yards didn't really score. So, um, you know, that's going to be a problem for AJ Brown, but such a good matchup. And I do think that the stack's going to be very low owned. So um, it's definitely a spot where you would you know, argue that at least having a small portion of your builds for stacks like the Buffalo stack or like the, the Hertz and Brown stack. I think that makes a lot of sense, but you could also use a guy like Goddard with Hertz. I like, and I do like Swift on his own as well. Um, I know it is kind of a bummer when, they get down to the one yard line like last week. Last week he could have scored three times. Uh, he did score once. He had another play where he was down by an inch where his knee scraped the ground, but he ended up scoring. But obviously got called back. It ended up being a two yard loss. But that could have been another touchdown. And then he had another one where he got got tackled at the half yard line, and he just needed to turn his body, and he would have scored. And then obviously that gets you know given over to Jalen Hurts. But you know it's a great matchup for DeAndre Swift as well. So I like Swift a lot here. Um, and I don't think he'll be all that owned either. I just think that if you know people aren't getting to Hertz and AJ Brown, it makes sense to go to Swift, but doesn't look like that is going to be the case here. So, um, yeah, I like Swift quite a bit this week. I think he's a really strong play. And then you can even argue that James Cook uh, on the other side for Buffalo is a strong play as well. Um, so I know you know that second tier guys like Kyron at the running back position we're probably not going to be able to get to a whole lot of, but. Um, you know, I think guys like Swift and James Cook make sense as like that that RB2 option. Just looking back a little bit when we talk about ownership, it is a 13-game slate. Yeah. And I don't think ownership outside of maybe that two people, and then let maybe maybe you could add more if you think so. Like, I don't think anyone's ownership gets out of control outside of CH and Christian McCaffrey. Like, I would I wouldn't be shocked if if both of them are 30 plus percent owned, but then no one, it's quite possible they're 30% owned. And then the next highest owned player is like 17% owned. Like it does like, and then you see a ton of people in like the 10 to 17, like it's just all kind of 
spread out there. A whole bunch of people in the six to ten range. But like, I don't see this as a slate where where you're like, well, I can't play, I, I can't, I, I can't play this guy because he's twelve percent owned, and he probably should yeah. only be ten percent owned. It's like I don't think it's that big of a deal. I think the key facets of your lineup are: Are you playing Christian McCaffrey? Are you playing Clyde Edwards-Helaire? And if you're playing neither of them, like now play where you don't worry about ownership, right? If you're playing both of them. Now it's like, okay, now worry a little bit about ownership. And if you're playing one of them, it's kind of like in the middle, kind of ambivalent. Yeah. Like the only, so like when we talk about, oh, that this low owned, high owned, I don't get the sense that this, like there's some obvious spots, but there's enough of them. Like I take a look at here, Kansas City, Cincinnati. Patrick Mahomes, 7,500. Rasheed Rice projects well. You could play him with Clyde Edwards Hilaire. What's wrong about playing this? I mean, you could even plug in Travis Kelsey in your tight end spot. I mean, you're not playing McCaffrey. You have to fly, find some value. But they have a healthy implied team total. Uh, is this a way to play CEH with, you know, and correlating him in extent? Or do you believe that CEH is better played on his own because... I don't, see, I don't know what the Chiefs are going to do because, like, CEH can catch passes out of the – like, we can see eight catches from CEH or you could see him not even go and run, like, routes at all, right? And maybe he doesn't even play some snaps because of pass protection or something. So, like, I go back and forth of, like, is CEH the guy that you play as a one-off that kills off the Rashi Rice lineups? Or is he the guy that you'd want to have with Rashi Rice and Patrick Mahomes – and and when the Chiefs put up four or five touchdowns, I mean, we've seen them in comparison to earlier this year. Earlier this year, I hated playing the Chiefs, Kyle. Okay. Right? It's like, okay, you know Kelsey's there, and then they have 17 wide receivers, and they can't make up their minds who they're playing and who they're throwing the ball to. Much more condensed now. I think, you know, Rashi Rice has come out as pretty much the alpha wide receiver. And obviously you have Travis Kelsey there. And it's really don't have to worry about anyone else on the Chiefs anymore. So with them being a lot more condensed and this high of a team total, I don't know. I mean, because Patrick Mahomes, this kind of stack, I know it's a little bit cheaper, but it's still for, for it goes in the same zone as like Jalen Hurts and Josh Allen. Like it, Brock Purdy's there at 7K. Are you are you into the Chiefs? And do you and even if you play the Chiefs, do you play a run back on the bank? Do you even need a Bengal in this line? Um, I don't think you necessarily need a Bengal. Um, I think T. Higgins is fine as a as a tournament option. You know, he's gonna be pretty low owned, and you know, we, we saw the upside that he had uh last week, even with Browning in there, even against a tough defense uh there with Pittsburgh. So um three touchdowns over the last two weeks. So he looks pretty solid. Um I listened to his. I heard his name a couple times in the broadcast, but I still don't know how to pronounce it. Uh, Yovicius, I think it is. Uh, Yoshivas, I think. Yoshivas, I think. Um, yeah, he's pretty interesting to me. I, I think that he's a value option that might be a name that doesn't necessarily project all that great, but I do think that he's a guy that we don't have we don't have any data on, right? So like that's a big reason why he doesn't project all that well. But he's been a guy at at times who they've looked for in the red zone uh you know you have to go back to october i, I think it was like you know week f- five or six but he scored back-to-back touchdowns and those were designed designed red zone targets for him back then uh, t higgins might have been out f- for that game but um for those games but regardless like it, it's at least you know good to know that they have confidence using him that way he's three two he's maybe one of the value guys that i could see uh potentially using opening up some things same thing goes for justin watson who scored last week he had six targets um i I do agree with you that for the most part it looks like it's just the rice and kelsey show from a passing perspective but um if i if there is someone that's kind of a cheap you know next next level sort of guy it's it's watson for me there we've seen him be the deep ball uh guy so watson and and yossi Voss are the two guys that i think are the cheapies in this game that are pretty interesting Yossi Voss will probably have a good amount more than the field because I just, even though he's not projecting all that great, I still think that he's going to be the the number two in the offense now. We saw him playing over Irwin pretty frequently. 
last week. And I, I know Tyler Boyd's still around, but in terms of two wide receiver sets, I do think Yossi Voss could be the guy out there. And in terms of targets and routes run last week, Yossi Voss was right up there. So it seems like he's just stepping into uh, not necessarily the Jamar Chase role, but he's taking those snaps and obviously they're not moving him around the field as much and utilizing him as much because he's not Jamar Chase. But you know, the, the role was pretty promising last week. So I like him quite a bit. Uh, and then in terms of the, the Clyde and Rasheed Rice discussion, I don't think you necessarily need to play these guys together or um, need to avoid it. I think that it's fine either way. I do think I prefer Clyde on his own more, um, but I don't necessarily feel like I have a, a great – like it could easily be a spot where Clyde only gets there because of his pass game work, which that's pretty much been why he's gotten there in the past, right? In that uh, game against the Patriots when he filled in for Pacheco, he only had 37 rushing yards. He had 13 carries, 37 rushing yards, only got there because of his receiving work. Four catches, 64 yards, and a receiving touchdown. So um, you can easily make the case that Clyde's value comes with, you know, his pass catching, but, you know, they are touchdown uh, favorites here at home. Maybe they're able to run the ball a little bit more. Mahomes hasn't been as, you know, Mahomesy the past couple of weeks. Like, he's, he's struggled, right? He's He looked bad last week against the Raiders. He's maybe, So maybe they want to run the ball a little bit more. I, I don't think that's something I'm overly concerned with, but, you know, maybe it's a, just sort of a another path to, to more touches for, for Clyde there. So um, I, I do prefer Clyde separate from Rasheed Rice, but I, you can definitely play them together. Um, and Rasheed Rice, I think, is you know, a spectacular play. I think at this point, at this point, he's better than Kelsey for me uh, in terms of a play because, you know, I, I know Kelsey, you kind of get a unique sort of upside there at the tight end position, but Rasheed Rice is just so valuable in, in this offense around nine plus targets in five straight games. He had 12 targets last week. So, yeah, I think Rice is in a really good spot here. My favorite game on the slate. I ran a bunch of lineups earlier, compared projection versus ownership. Obviously, numbers are going to change between now and Sunday. Uh, once you add correlation to this, I think it's a slam dunk. It's not a vomit. Like, you figure, 13 games, I'd be the vomit master on the slate, right? But it's like, Brissett is there. Yeah, sure. Okay. And with, with the chalkier game, I could play that. But when you mentioned before, Tyreek Hill, right? Is going to be, mu- I think it's going to be much lower owned than Christian McCaffrey yeah. on this slate. And it's going to be pretty, pretty, pretty hard to play both of them in a lineup that you'd actually like to play. Uh, why not play Tyreek Hill in a correlated way? And I'm not talking about Tua. I think I I my eyes like are on Lamar Jackson plus Zay Flowers plus Isaiah Likely with Tyreek Hill as the run back. I don't even mind playing Cedric Wilson in that lineup also. I don't mind playing a whole bunch of this game because the way the Dolphins play, the Dolphins play with big plays. Yes, the Ravens defense is good. But if if you're going to play Tyreek Hill, like if you're going to play Tyreek Hill, you're playing for the the fact that the Dolphins are actually going to score points. The Ravens have actually been throwing the ball way more than they've been running the ball from the beginning this year. From a price perspective, Zay Flowers is 5,600 and Isaiah Likely is 4,600. You get kind of a salary savings where you could still play a Rashi Rice one-off or an Olave one-off. You could still play. You can't get up to McCaffrey. You probably can't get up to Kyron Williams or anything at your running backs at a second running back spot, but you're able to do a lot and listen to the people that are in my lineup. Lamar Jackson, he is a ceiling. Zay Flowers has a ceiling. Isaiah Likely has a ceiling. And Tyreek Hill has a super ceiling. The total in this game is 46 and a half. It's not like it's, this is not a low total game. I. I don't know how I look at this ownership here and I go, how could Lamar Jackson be all that owned when some people will play Hertz, some people will play Josh Allen, some will play Mahomes. You'll have the Purdy people right in this price range. And then you take a look at like 4,600 tight end. People typically play down. They'll pay up for McBride. They'll be in the zone. And then you also have just the dynamic that way more people are playing McCaffrey than Tyreek Hill. That why don't get why don't I get an even bigger let edge up on the Tyreek Hill lineups than just playing them with Ravens and Lamar Jackson? I mean, are you ever shocked if he put up a eighty rushing yards, a rushing touchdown, and three passing touchdowns and two hundred and sixty yards? I mean, like 
Like he is obviously has a ceiling. It's going to be scary because when you play this, this, when you play the stack, you're pretty much not playing any 49ers, but it's a 13 game slate. This is the fade. The, if I'm going to fade the 49ers, why wouldn't I be fading it with these types of bets? Yeah. I mean, yeah, you, you make a great case. I think it's a really, really good uh, spot in terms of, you know, having all these guys with these nice ceilings who are going overlooked and, you know, even the game sales are pretty high total. Um, and then, like we saw Tyree Kill, right? Last week he had nine catches for 99 yards. And that's a disappointing game for Tyree Kill. But that's a tough matchup against Dallas as well. So, you know, to your point, like even though it is a tough matchup against Baltimore, um, you you're playing Tyree Kill for the big plays. So if you don't get those, you're probably gonna be disappointed by uh the the outcome anyway, just because he's so expensive and it's gonna be difficult for him to sort of compete with McCaffrey. But if he breaks the big plays, if he has two long touchdowns, which he could easily have, um, which I, I want to say it was last week or last year, like week two or something, where Miami and Baltimore combined for like 90 points or something like that. Because um, I recall Waddle and Hill also had big games uh, with Mark Andrews having a big game. So um, it could easily turn into that once again here, which that would be you know a great spot. Um, obviously, Baltimore's defense is much better this year than they were last year because I think they're probably – top two or top three defense uh in the nfl arguably number one so um but it's still tyree kill he can beat anybody i love zay flowers this week i think he is uh, in a fantastic spot and his usage has been really strong uh and then lamar as well i mean lamar could essentially win the mvp award uh this week so um he could lock it down and i know you know it's a narrative but something that he's talked about um so if he has a good game you know you, you not giving the MVP award to anybody else here if he has a good game and they win. So um, that could be, you know, added incentive for them to maybe pad the stats a little bit with him. Um, so Lamar and Zay Flowers, Degan, yeah, if you want to add likely, I, I don't mind likely either. He kind of, um, I was a little bit disappointed in his usage last week, but he had a couple of long uh, receptions there that sort of salvaged his day. And then, um, yeah, I think it makes sense to even throw uh, Cedric Wilson in there if you want to add some value. But for the most part, yeah, I, I love that stack. Okay, any other games that you're looking at? Um, you know, obviously you mentioned the news is going to really, um, impact some things. I think if we see Josh Jacobs out, you know, uh, and then obviously even Pittman out, you're going to have some value open up in this, uh, Las Vegas, uh, indie game here. Um, I mean, Zamir White looked great last week against the chiefs and, and the Colts defense is not as good as the chiefs there. So Zamir White, I think would be a pretty, pretty slam dunk play there at five one. Uh, if Jacobs is out again, um, the Tennessee-Houston game is one that I'm sort of interested in. You know, C.J. Stroud coming back seems like people – I mean, back back before we got the concussion, everyone was trying to roster C.J. Stroud, right? It was, you know, it was the hottest thing on the market in a couple of those games, right? And he's coming back now and getting five – maybe 5% projected ownership. Um, I know the receiving crew isn't as good there with no Tank Dell, but Nico Collins is still around. He's pretty expensive at 7-2, but, you know, he still is going to be a guy who – projects for a healthy amount of targets there. You have Noah Brown who's had some big games. So I think this Houston stack could be one that's pretty interesting. And then you have a couple of guys on the other side, DeAndre Hopkins. Uh, he could make some sense. We prefer Levis to be back for these guys just because it seems like they're often just a little bit more pop with Levis there. Um, and I was surprised. It looks like he almost had a chance to play last week. Uh, you know, that was pretty surprising. But um, yeah, so if he's back this week, I, I think Hopkins is fine. Aconquo as a value option. Schultz at 4-3 uh, as a tight end option. So I think that this game could be one that is somewhat interesting there. The, the total is also, I think, 44 and a half or 45. So uh, not a bad total there either. So I would say that game sort of stands out for me. Right. I don't mind playing. I, I actually prefer to play this from the Singletary side. You do yeah. Levis, Hopkins, on Conquo with Singletary like that. Obviously, Stroud obviously has a ceiling and just from a price perspective, it's like once you pair Stroud at 7,100 with Nico Collins at 7,200, it just feels like, why aren't I just playing Mahomes and Rashi Rice? Why aren't I just playing well, Lamar with Zay Flowers? Why? Like it just, I don't That's know. Right. I, I think Singletary, I think if it wasn't for the fact that CEH is a value and McCaffrey is in an absurdly projected spot, like, Houston has a 24 implied team total at home and Singletary is clearly the lead back and they have no problem giving him as many touches as he wants at 5,600. It's hard for me to not use him as value in my, 
you know, Miami, Baltimore. Like if I, I can't play McCaffrey, but I can play CEH and Singletary in that lineup and still kind of like my lineup and still. So, I mean, it's not like Singletary is going to be low owned, but he probably truthfully, he may be, he may from a sim, if we go to sim labs, which you could get, if you're a premium member here at, at Roto Grinders, click on the link in the description, get $10 off your first month. Uh, stuff for Sim Labs won't come out until later today. Uh, but I guarantee I guarantee you that if the ownership stays the way that I think it's going to be, where CH is twice as owned as Singletary, their range of outcomes aren't wide enough to justify that ownership difference. And it people look at the Texans and go, oh, the Texans are in the cheat. Like, dude, it's a one-point implied point difference. That's it, right? The Titans yeah. defense is, I mean, dude, they're playing guys off the street now. Right. I think the Titans are, I mean, I have no problem with Devin Singletary and over CEH just for the ownership. So, so I'm looking at that, but are you looking at any, I mean, people coming here expecting the vomit stacks. I've no, I, do you, do you have any interest in Justin Fields against Atlanta? Like, like it's a 37 and a half team that implied, you know, the game total, doesn't Justin Fields and DJ Moore fit the bill of if they show up, no matter what the t- team total or game total or anything is, if Fields has a hundred yards rushing and DJ Moore has a hundred yards receiving and two touchdowns, you're not, you're not shocked. Right. Just that I'm not, I'm never, I'm never thrilled playing the bears at home. You know, it's cold, windy, and they're not good. I mean, they're simply, they're really, they're not good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they they aren't good, and Atlanta is just Atlanta is just the worst thing ever for fantasy. Um, I mean, they just their their whole goal is just to end the game as fast as possible. Um, and it, it really is something to, to to see. So this game could get really ugly. Um, I will say though, if Cole Komet's out, you already have Darnell Mooney. We haven't projected out right now, so you have two of the top three uh, pass catching options there. So maybe it's a spot where we see just 40% of the targets just funnel to DJ Moore, um, And, you know, that would be, that would be fine. Um, but I will say for me, it is very difficult to, to really enjoy this stack just because of, you know, being in Chicago, Chicago kind of sucks. Even though we, I mean, we've seen Justin Fields have some good games recently. Uh, and I, and I, I still like fields as a fantasy quarterback, but man, it's just Atlanta. They, they actually just ruined so many things for, from a fantasy perspective, not only on their own team, but for their opponents as well, just because of the way that they sort of try to just, you know, take the air out of the ball, you know, run the clock out. And I mean, from, from quarter one, they're just trying to run the clock. Uh, and so it's, it's pretty, it's pretty brutal. And I assume they'll only continue to do that more uh, in, in Chicago in the cold weather there. I think, you know, if I was looking for uh, an ugly vomit stack, I think, you know, the giants is one that I think might actually be, I don't want to say popular because I don't think people are going to go crazy playing Tyrod Taylor. But I do think he'll have some ownership. And I actually think, you know, when we look at some cash lineups, um, you know, if we're like reviewing cash lineups on Monday, I think Tyra Taylor might be the cash game quarterback uh, just to be able to fit some of these uh, expensive guys. So um, for a guy who might be used in cash, but probably not going to get a ton of ownership in tournaments, I think that makes some sense. Uh, you know, we saw Darius Slayton have the 70 yard touchdown last week. He makes sense to pair him up with uh, Wanda Robinson, 4K. Uh, he had seven targets last week. He now has seven targets in two of his last three games. He's not really a high upside guy for Wandale. Like you kind of are hoping for like eight catches and 60 yards and maybe he falls in the end zone. But you can also pair Tyrod up with Saquon, um, who's been involved in the passing game a lot. And then Darren Waller takes a lot to to get behind it because, you know, he he, he did have five targets last week, but he didn't really play a lot. Like he he sort of came in late in the game. I think he had like three targets in the last drive. Um, one of them was, I think, just kind of a, you know throwing the ball down the field, see how far they can get. And I think it might have even been a throwaway. But um, Darren Waller, if he's going to be healthier come this week, uh, maybe they use him a little bit more. He does have five targets in back-to-back weeks since returning from the injury. So there are some ugly ways to sort of stack up Tyrod Taylor. And if you pair Tyrod with any of those three cheap pass catchers, Robinson, Slayton, or Waller, after that, you pretty much don't have to worry a ton about um, salary. So uh, the Giants might be a, a spot to, to to consider. Right, and you could play Kyron Williams in this lineup. 
yep. as the run back. And you could still play Christian McCaffrey in another running back yeah. slot. I already looked at this, right? Because that's why I'm like, people are going to play Brissette vomit or are they going to play Tyrod vomit? If you had a choice, even in cash games, so you're not worried necessarily about ceilings, are you more comfortable playing Tyrod Taylor or Jacoby Brissett? Assuming, I mean, they're close to the same price. So let's not worry about the $300 yeah. because they project very close to one another. I I think Brissett has more upside, but it's quite possible that the second half Sam Howell come just, they put Sam Howell in or something, but I don't think they put Tommy DeVito in. I don't think, I think Cutlets yeah. is done. <laughs> I think Ty, I, and, and also Tyrod Taylor may have a, a, maybe a little bit more rushing upside. The Rams defense is maybe not as, I don't know. I mean, they, they, they both these, the giants and the commanders are awful. So like, yeah. it's hard for me to say like, like who would you rather have? But, I'm guessing you would say Tyrod, or is it closer than? Is it, or is it so close that you might as well flip yeah. the point? Yeah, I think the the tiebreaker there is is I do think that Brissett has a higher ceiling. Like if they are able to move the ball, uh, obviously it's a tough matchup, and I, I really wouldn't be surprised if Washington just you know bricks and they get shut out by the by the 49ers because the 49ers have a really good defense. But um, in terms of that, could also happen for the Giants because of just how bad they are. But um, in terms of who I think has the better game, if both offenses are clicking, I do think it is Washington. So I think I would give the slight edge to Brissett. But I do think that Tyrod's a little bit safer, if that makes sense. I, I think he probably drops a dud less than Brissett does. Um, so maybe he's the safer option for cash and Brissett's the better option for tournaments. Um, but yeah, either way, there's obviously a lot of risk with both of these guys because you know, they could both get benched again. I, I would be pretty surprised if they go back to DeVito after, especially like some of the things that DeVito said where, you know, he didn't seem too pleased with it, which you know, it just seems like it would be in, in weird, it would be weird timing. It's sort of in poor taste if they just go right back to DeVito like, in the middle of this game here. Um, but the Howell thing, like, that could easily happen. Like, yeah, at one point that Howell was their franchise quarterback and now it sucked a few games and now they've come uh, and bring Brissett in. So that could happen, but um, definitely a lot of risk with both of these guys for sure. But I think Tyrod may be a little bit safer, Brissett a little bit more upside. I will say, though, you know, Brissett, he's one of the most successful quarterbacks in the in NFL history in terms of those one-yard runs. So, uh, obviously, behind slightly behind Jalen Hurts, but if he gets down to the one-yard line, people playing Antonio Gibson might be uh, displeased there with uh, maybe a tush-push-esque play for Brissett. I wouldn't be surprised if Brissett gets a rushing touchdown. Is that is that one of your is that one of your props today? Anytime <laughs> touchdown? Right, because we have the props and pick them package here yeah. at at Roto Grinders. Even if you're not playing DFS, right? If you just want to do props and pick them, you know, underdog prize picks, you know, all the sports books, everything like that, you could use our statistical projections in order to bet on those, in order to make your picks. That's what I do, right? And I'm selling this to you, and I'm telling you, the first we're running a sale. It's half off till January first. And I'm telling you, do not, do not, do not do it. Do not do it. Because the more people, Kyle, the more people that use our projections, right? They use, I, to be too honest, like, feel free to use the, you know, the picks, right? If a beer makers fan, Britt has a pick, Grant has a pick, Kyle, you put up picks there. I don't know. I'm I'm more of a computer person. I, 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 I'm not a people. You can you tell? I'm not a people person. <laughs> I see someone's face here. I don't trust Kevin Taylor, who's this guy? I don't trust that guy, right? <laughs> look, look at the bit. Beer Makers Band is too tall to give out picks. So, like, no, I'm not. I don't. Brit, have you ever talked to Brit? No. Okay. I don't care about Brit. I care about what our projections say. We have these tools that show the prop model, right? And all where where, where all the edges lie in all the books, right? You can get this on its own. This is part of Road Grinders Combo Premium. So, if you want to get everything for DFS, you get this also. But I don't want you to because this is what I use. Okay, this is what I use to make money in sports betting. So the more people, Kyle, that use this, the quicker the lines are going to move. They're, they're going to the, the edges are going to go away, right? I don't want to give out the edges. I don't want to. But since I'm on the Road to Grinders YouTube channel, I have to tell you about this. I'm I'm, I'm fiduciarily <laughs> responsible in order that the, the marketing department, the corporate overlords, are forcing <laughs> me to tell you that I use our our roto grinders statistical projections in I used it in college football, Kyle. 
I, I, I'm going to look at my picket for, for player props in college football. And remember, I'm just you like I literally download our statistical projections or you could look at like the top 20. You know, they, we have this like little top 20 list. So if you're only going to bet on a couple of things like you just you know, why even download it? Just look and see what what's about. Obviously, check the timestamp to make sure it's updated. But I'm going to go to my my picket for 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 college football. And Kyle, you know how much I know about college football, right? Not much. Not not, not much at all. <laughs> not much at all. Right. So I go. Okay. What was all time? Where's where's my where's my college football? So this is remember this is like ten weeks worth of props, right? College football. Uh, I have to sort it out by props. Ah, it doesn't because ah, probably it's a probably around nine thousand bucks. 9,000 bucks or so doing all like, but remember I do like 30, $40 bets. Right. So this is not like, like, Oh, $2,000. Like, no, I just, I bet on like a hundred, 150. Like, dude, if there's an edge, I go on the prop screen. I go, is there an edge here? Go, give it to me, give it to me. And I'll just bang them out on Thursday, typically Thursday for college football. Just bang them out, bang them out, bang them. Go to DraftKings, FanDuel, BetMGM, whatever. Bang, 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 bang. And then when Saturday comes, Kyle, I don't even know what I'm rooting for. I really, I literally, I don't, I'm not watching the games. I have no clue. All I know is that I wake up Sunday morning for NFL and I reload my picket and it's like, oh, I made $760 yesterday on college football props. You know how I did that? I just used the statistical projections that we have here. NHL, I do the same thing. How much do I know about NHL? It's a whole bunch of, you know, people with the K's in their name and Z's in their name. I have to get the spellings right, everything like that. No, I go to our prop model. Right, we could go right here, NHL prop model. Right, just right here. The, the the prediction should be updated, right? It's eleven fifty, right? Two hours ago. Here, Ovechkin under half of an assist, nine percent edge on DraftKings. Go get it, go get it, right? You, all the and then I just I will do this after the show, literally, Kyle. All this hockey stuff right here, all these assists and points and whatever. I'll just go and I'll put thirty bucks on like all of them, right? Just the top twenty, and then I'll wait till later. I'll download the rest later. And I'll do because the block shots props come out and everything like that. Yeah. That's like $600. These edges are like five to 10% edges. So you know how long it takes me to bang out the tw- the top 20 in hockey? Four minutes, maybe three minutes, three minutes, maybe three Th- minutes search and replace. I got to do some searches. I got three minutes. Let's say, let's call it three minutes, Kyle. <laughs> okay. Do the math for me. Okay. Okay, so I do all my NHL. Do the top. You could do the top twenty in the prop model in three minutes. Okay, because most of it is on DraftKings. Most of the best numbers are on DraftKings anyway. It makes it easier. Okay, three minutes. The average edge of most of these props, let's just say, is five percent. Okay, I put thirty bucks down on each of them. Right. So thirty times twenty is what? Thirty times twenty. Six hundred. Yes. Six hundred. Okay. $600 with an expectation of, of 5%. So what's the expectation on, on for 600 bucks? 5%. Uh, that would be what? 30? 30 bucks. Yeah. So that's the expectation of, of my time, 30 bucks. But it only took me three minutes, right? So what is, yeah. what is my hourly rate doing NHL betting? If I can make $30 in expectation in three minutes. Yeah, not, not, not my brain's hurting. It's too, too early for that much $600 an hour, Kyle. I'm yeah. making $600 yeah. an hour. Imagine that... imagine not paying for this. It's like what? It's like 20 bucks a month? 20 bucks a month to make $600 an hour. Obviously, I'm kind of like exaggerating yeah. how you would do Because you wouldn't obviously be doing this for the entire day. It's <laughs> like you get paid for that much for three minutes. But whatever. It sounds good. And the whole thing about sports betting marketing is that it just has to sound good and people will buy it. So that's yeah. why I'm doing it this way. So like that, but this is how I bet. I use the our projections and Kyle, you do plenty of our projections also. So whatever you do in the numbers, I'm out there and I'm give me 800 things and whatever, <laughs> and just whatever has an edge and I'm just throwing against the wall. And when you do it that way, you don't have to think much. I'm not thinking of like, well, is this guy going to really, I, I don't care. No care in the world. Is it on this? Is it on the sheet? Good. Give it to me. Right, give it to me, give it all, yeah. give it all to me, and I'm typically done in like an hour, typically less than an hour a day. NBA takes a 
depends on if I choose. And NBA could take a lot more time because yeah. eight million things happen. But imagine spending less than an hour a day to get on average a five to ten percent expectation on a wide, large portfolio of of bets. Like that's what this is. So that's what I do. Yeah, yeah. I mean, when you, you put it when you put it in terms of six hundred dollars an hour. It's hard for it's hard to pass that up, you know. Right, we're giving you, we're giving. It's like here's the tools <laughs> to make six hundred dollars an hour, and you don't have to stuff envelopes or anything or whatever, whatever. <laughs> you don't have to do telemarketing calls and sell things on the phone or, or whatever, whatever the whatever the scam things that you know. I, I was always stuffing envelopes. I would always, I remember when I was younger, like ads in the in, in the newspaper or something that would say, "You want to make you want to make thirty eight dollars an hour stuffing envelopes." Like that sounds a little too good to be true. What are they stuffed with? <laughs> <laughs> so there, there's my sales pitch. And I, I, it's a, I always make this prop, props and pick them sales pitch as, as this is what I use. And the more people that use it, the less like, I don't want people to use this. It's, it's shocking that, le- that so few people do actually use this. So is this like the, want, uh, the, like on the link in the description, under- if you want to use it like I do, but truthfully, if I had to tell you, I don't want you to. I want to. I I would rather they block this out. I'd rather they wouldn't even offer this, and only my account. I, I literally only my account, my Blender HD account or Rotogrinders.com was the only one that could access this page. <laughs> right? If I was the only one to access this page, I I I probably wouldn't even be on the show anymore because I'd be making so much money. Right? I just quit. Right? I tell Devin right now, I'm done. I'm done. 2023. I'm done. Right. But no, I, I happen to enjoy doing this uh, on, on a regular basis. So, so there let, let, let Dean try to pitch this props and pick them package the way that I do. No, no chance. Best salesman in the business. <laughs> Anything that you're trying to sell Kyle, any content coming out this week that, that you're putting out? Uh, yeah, I'll have the, uh, the Sunday best article uh, that'll come out later tonight um we'll have the the prop model video the short that'll come out later today uh, and then all of the uh the tags and stuff for the main slate for nfl so uh yeah stay tuned for all that and then any any sort of props that i'll have for nba and nfl throughout the next couple of days so yeah check those out and i'm going to be able to predict what you're going to have in your prop model video probably by going to the screen so that you're just prop model before you make the video right exactly yeah. Yep. I even get a head start on you on the right when people are like, oh, I'm gonna wait for Kyle's video. It's like, now I already got those numbers, yep. right? Then you watch the video, it's like, ah, the numbers may be gone, right? Same for the Blitz, right? If you subscribe to the Blitz, Cardi does yep. all these these Blitz shows. It's like, do people not realize that the Blitz is updated Wednesday afternoon? And he does like a show Thursday morning, and then like on Thursday morning, he does a show, and then all the numbers move. Like if you're on Prize Picks, like basically a, a half an hour after Cardi does the Blitz his blitz prop show like those numbers just move they just like automatically move and i'm just sitting people are complaining oh i wasn't able to get it it's like dude i got all of this like last night like yeah. like well how did you get it last because i looked at the blitz last night i didn't wait for for, for derek's uh, hair to come on screen and tell me about it <laughs> like i can look at this stuff it's available to you don't, don't wait don't wait for don't even wait for the video right if you if, here's if a good selling point already, though right but that's just, exactly that's the selling point <laughs> I'm kind of saying that you shouldn't wait for Kyle's video, but I'm just letting you know that that it's not like it's Kyle. It's not like it's magic. You're doing a prop model video. You're just yeah. going to look at the prop model and go, "This is what the prop model says," and just make it into a video. Yeah, you're not wrong. You're not wrong. See, see this, this, <laughs> this is we, we show you how the how the sausage is made behind the scenes at Rota Grinders, right? Yeah. Same thing for Sim Labs, right? When I say, "Oh, this thing is overowned," and I'm like, "All I'm doing is running stuff through Lineup HQ and Sim Labs and saying, uh, yeah, Lamar Jackson looks pretty good.' It's like, yeah, it's not because I know him personally, and I know he's going to have a good <laughs> I just use the numbers that we have here. So use our numbers. Click on that link in the description. Get ten dollars off your first month, and uh, and I'll, I'll see you back on uh, on Monday, right? In the new year, I'll see you back in the new. It's going to be a whole year. Ahead, all year closer to death. Right, gonna end on <laughs> a, a great, really, that's really. A, that's a great way to put great it. Great way. That's why you got to get your, you got to get all the, you got to make your six hundred dollars an hour in props as quickly as yeah. possible before you die, right? Because you're one year 
closer <laughs> to death. Hit that like button. Maybe the last thing you do when you're alive. If that's the last thing you do, that I would love it. Hit that tummy thumb button. Hit the subscribe button if you're new here. Hit the notification bell to know when we go live. We got we got grinders live. We got crunch time later today. We got NHL. We got tons of stuff. Go check it out. And I'll see you back on Monday as I am always here, Monday through Friday, 11 o'clock Eastern, talking about all things you're thinking about. Daily Fantasy. Pick them and props on Roto Grinders today.